Everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Pake. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show, You. Today we are covering episode six of season four, titled Best of Friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what friends they're referring to in this episode, but uh, I don't know. I'll, I guess we'll see what um, ha- how that pans out when we talk about it. But, you know, this was the first episode uh, that is uh, from part two that came back after, I think, a break for everyone else, not yeah. break for us. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a two-day break. Uh, Two-day, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I, I usually still, I, I jump right to the next episode after we record, and I couldn't do that last week because there were still were like two days that I had to wait for this one, but I, I watched it the night that it dropped. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did too. I was like, yeah, I gotta, I mean, I can't watch it till the evening, Um, since, mm-hmm. you know, with work and stuff, but um, but yeah, I was just like, okay, yes, ready, ready to settle in, and uh, and see what's going on because yeah, we're so used to being able to jump jump right in and right away. So this is different for this show, and a lot of our Netflix shows, this is um, kind of becoming the trend. But but yeah, so I'm curious, um, what were your thoughts about this first episode back after the first part? Man, it was not what I expected it to be. At all, um, <laughs> I, I, not I that I, I didn't know what to expect because I remember when we did last week's episode, going like, okay, they're going into the back half. We have this reveal that it's Reese, if that's what we want to believe, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I was like, they're going to shift this back half, but I didn't know kind of what to expect from it, and yeah, I, I it was very tense. It definitely left a lot of moments where I really had no idea where things were going to go. And mm-hmm. yeah, the tension was there. I really appreciated that. Um, I do have questions. There were a few things that I thought were a little strange uh, that maybe didn't make a lot of sense to me. I, I, I want to talk out and we will. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're definitely going to dissect. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm with you. I, I don't know. Th- that I had any certain expectations. I don't remember having any specific expectations of what to expect, uh, but it, it wasn't what I thought it would be. And yeah. I don't know. I was, I think out of all the episodes so far, and I know we only have six and we have 10 total in this, uh, the season, but <sighs> it, it was, a, it left me, just wanting more, I guess. Uh, I'm trying to articulate it. You know, it was just, I don't want to say filler because I don't think that's the, r- the right word, but I, I don't feel like it really advanced the story. Mm-hmm. And we just keep getting some of these characters that I'm not sure what to think about. Um, right. So, I, again, I know we're going to talk about it, but I don't know. It just felt a little flat. Mm. You know, I, I think where we left it. Get that. And I, I feel like it definitely set some things up that are going to be important. <laughs> probably. So maybe it was a setup episode. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. And and maybe after we talk it out, because sometimes after after we talk it out and listen to the feedback and things like that, it, it changes things for me a little bit. So maybe that will happen too. It's not that I hated it. It, it was just like, oh, uh, 
you know, I was just feeling a little disappointed. But again, I'm not really quite sure what I expected. I, I don't know if I just, you know, typically the the show just moves so quickly and it's so dense and it just it um you know it's it's really fascinating to to watch and this just wasn't as great for me. So I don't know, but maybe I'll feel different after we talk it out. Yeah. So, um, so well, with that being said, do you want to go ahead and jump into your first point? All right. Um, let's see. First one, just kind of short and fun. I do have a full five this week, so there was that. Oh, well, uh, you're doing you're doing better than me this week. <laughs> I I, sh- I struggled a little bit because it was so. I mean, uh, a lot happened, but I don't know. I had I had a hard time, so that's good. Mm-hmm. You're gonna you're gonna fill the episode for us. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, which I don't know why he spelled it out when he said it, but I stuck with that for my title of this point. Uh, so frame J O B. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, we'll talk about that. Yes, we have Reese and people who are <laughs> listening, and we can't see my quotations. Uh, but yeah, giving Joe this job of framing somebody again, we're back on this like, okay, well, you chose not to let it be rolled, and now he's kind of just out of the way, <laughs> he's gone in hiding. So you're gonna have to find a backup frame job quickly or else everything's coming crashing down on you mm-hmm. and so joe's running through these ideas trying to figure out you know where that's going to go how that's going to happen and phoebe gives him some ammo <laughs> without even really realizing that's what she's doing for others to consider for framing uh sophie and blessing both suck but they're not likely candidates for the role uh but connie the erratic drugged up constantly just pathetic bag of trash connie uh <laughs> he doesn't remember anything from the weekend at Hampsey. he's got no alibi for himself hmm things are stacking up so joe invites connie out to lunch as he says to to assess his frameability which is funny uh <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, and really through this lunch which they didn't eat anything so their lunch of beer uh <laughs> <laughs> That's a British lunch, right? Yeah, um, right. Just a pint. That's it. Uh, but yeah, through this lunch, really only the, the only thing that happens, instead of just trying to plan how to frame him, is he ends up pitying the poor man. You know, the man, he can't do cocaine, his one and true only love, uh, because his nose is broken. So it's such a sad day for, for Connie. And He's there's struggling. nobody there to help him with his <laughs> booty bump. So, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. I. <laughs> Yep, did not did not expect uh, that. I yep. Right. I guess that's he's a thing. Tr- <laughs> truly pathetic. Um and then he brings up the profound words that that Joe or Jonathan spoke to Phoebe, which we still don't know what they are. Um <laughs> will we know? I don't know. I hope so. I need to know. But he's so excited for to have Jonathan reach out to him and invite him to lunch because he's he needs help and he needs Jonathan to help him. Uh, and over this lunch, um, Joe's inner monologue, uh, when, when Connie asks, you know, what, what should I do? I don't know if he goes, try to be a better person, do something with all that money besides reenact leaving Las Vegas, which then later on in the club, Connie says to him, exactly. I want to do something good with my money, you know, instead of reenacting, leaving Las Vegas, it's like, <laughs> really are you reading my mind uh but yeah talk about saying the perfect thing to change joe's mind 
and then following that up with saying he's going to rehab the next day and he's actually excited to try to take this new place in life. And, you know, rehab's a big deal for him. And now Joe doesn't want to blackmail him because he feels like he actually might become a better person. <laughs> he's, yeah. Have I, have I actually positively impacted somebody ever? Like, wow, is he actually going to become a better person? So he decides not to frame him with the ear, uh, which was in the freezer. Was that in there the whole time? He did know which container mm, to grab. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Sus. Anyway. But yeah, so Joe chooses to spare Connie, uh, which is actually a morally great move, and I actually applaud that. I was like, yeah, that's... <laughs> a little unexpected. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like, well, good. Because the, the Don situation, which we will talk about later, I'm sure, <laughs> uh, opened up a perfect opportunity for that great job. She's already completely unhinged, almost harmed Phoebe, so it makes sense. I mean, you kind of feel bad for her a little bit too it's kind of pathetic because you know mental illness is not the greatest thing to just go like oh yeah she deserves it so there's definitely a lot we'll talk about and unpackage with that but Mm -hmm. but he does find who he's gonna frame by the end of the episode yeah yeah and um whenever they were talking about connie i was like wait who who is this person because i don't think we met him until episode two and it was just a very brief like introduction. Yeah. Similar to Rold, where he's like in the club and Joe's like, and that's Connie, and he does blah 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 and moving on to the next person. Like that's all you get. Yeah. I think <laughs> Connie's the horse guy. I don't even know yeah. what that means. Uh or we don't really know anything about him. I think the most that we got from him was the uh weekend at Hamsey. Yeah. You know, as they're partying where we have more interactions between uh some of the the rich friends there with with Connie, and of course they're all drinking and doing all the drugs, uh, but still don't really know enough about him. I don't, can't really say I care about his character at all. Right. So <laughs> I was just like, wait, who's Connie again? I was like, oh wait, that was a dude on the couch that was so out of his mind when uh, Rold had Joe in front of um, <laughs> the group and stuff there at Hamsey. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, him. I was like, gosh, I don't know anything about him. Am I supposed to care about him? It's (laughs) a little different this season because I feel like, you know, there's so many characters and I don't really care about any of them. At least some of the others, you know, I don't know if I cared about them, but I was kind of invested to see what happened with them. Like, oh, they're interesting or, you know, I want to see more of them or hear more about them. And I just kind of almost forgot he existed, you know, for a couple of minutes. And I didn't even have... And we didn't really have as long of a break as maybe some people had, you know, between um, part one and part two. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if other people were like, who the hell's Connie again? You know, because <laughs> it yeah. just kind of came out of nowhere, you know, um, and and almost as like we had to bring him back because it, you know, because Reese gives, uh, like you were saying, you know, gives Joe this mission, you know, mm-hmm. that you find someone to take the fall for this or it's going to be you. So, so yeah, I found myself questioning, like, who the hell is Connie? Um, but yeah, uh, I thought that was an interesting choice, you know, when you talk about how Joe is like, damn, I can't frame this guy. He's trying to turn his life around and trying to do good. Do you think, you know, because I'm like, who, who else has Joe let off the hook? You know, do you, do you think Joe from seasons one or three would have made the same choice? Probably not. Uh, I feel like an early Joe 
would have justified doing that. I mean, because he even tried to do that, where he's sitting there going, well, if I frame him, maybe that'll actually save his life, because if I don't put him in jail, then he's going to end up overdosing and killing himself someday. You know, like, he's right. he's trying to justify it. And so I feel like early Joe would have justified killing him, but we are getting a more nuanced, like, moral <laughs> Joe, where he really does take into consideration a lot of real things, because you're like, okay, if you're going to sentence somebody to death or to prison or you know whatever it's mm-hmm. like you have to kind of lay up like are they a bad enough person and it's like connie he's an addict but that's not a reason that's not a bad thing like that's up that's a disease that's a thing he's struggling with really he's somebody to be pitied and helped and so mm-hmm. joe makes that moral decision to actually kind of release him from that and and hope that he makes a better, you know, a better choice and better life for himself because he has that ability to. He's not going to to, you know, condemn somebody for for being a struggling addict. Like he's now starting to see that like people are more than just bad people. <laughs> mhm. And maybe Joe sees that in him because that's also what he's trying to do. Yeah. You know, uh cuz I I still I don't have anything figured out. I know we've talked about our theories and, you know, what we think about the season and how Joe, well, himself during this uh, season is like, I'm not murdering people anymore. <laughs> you know, I just mm-hmm. I love that. Like, I'm not going to murder anymore and just state it as a fact and going to now be a good person. You know, I think, I think he thinks that uh, I'm not wholly convinced, but you know, it is a different side of jokes. I'm like, gosh, you know, as I'm thinking about it, you know, and I, and I was so surprised by, you know, well, shit, now I can't frame Connie. And I'm like, whoa, I don't know that Joe season one through three would have cared at all that this is, you know, Joe always finds a way to rationalize Oh, he um, had no problem and killing and framing somebody for being an anti-vaxxer last season. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> his, <laughs> um, good point. So yeah, his bar has has raised a little bit. I yeah, guess. <laughs> it's, like <he's laughs> it's so true. God, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just I, I one of these days I'll make a, a a whole list of his victims and like who they were or what according to Joe, anyway, they were guilty of, or how right. he rationalized, um, you know, killing them for whatever reason, because he always had a reason. He always yeah. had a reason, and he always rationalized it and tried to justify it. But, you know, I just thought, wow, this is this is kind of interesting, you know, and I'm sure there's probably more to it that I'm not picking up. But I was curious if you thought that, like, do you, th- you know, if you had the same opinion, if you thought, you know, the old, our old Joe would have made the same decision, because I'm like, I don't know that he would have. I think he would definitely mm-hmm. be looking for you know, you know, well, hey, I'm clocks a ticking, I'm running out of time. Someone's gotta go down for this and it ain't gonna be me. So yeah. which I mean, he still kind of did that with Dawn, and I know we'll we'll talk about that, but um, you know Yeah. I he, mean it's a similar thing. He was able to pin something on somebody because of a mental illness and something that was wrong with him. It's, right. It's still Didn't, not a great choice. But. Yeah. I mean, it. yeah. So yeah, I know we'll talk about that. But um. so yeah, it was still probably not the best choice for him um, in, in that moment. But, you know, I just, I thought that was kind of interesting because I'm not sure we would have seen that yep. before. All right. I like it. Uh, well, my first point is just mostly 
that this episode, I think, has still solidified my confidence that my theory mm-hmm. is correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm fully aware I could be totally wrong. And, and you know, the more I think about it, I'm like, you know, I, I wouldn't hate it, but, you know, maybe it wouldn't be as interesting if if this is actually true that Reese is a real person. However, the Reese that Joe interacts with is not real. And it's, you know, he's somehow manifesting that. It's another part of himself. The the part, I'll just say it's Joe instead of Jonathan. Because I feel like he, Joe thinks he's Jonathan. Like he feels like he's left Joe in the past. He's not that person anymore. Uh, He's moved on since he uh, says, I not convinced says that he let Marianne go, that he didn't kill yeah. her. Um, so I, I feel like he's convinced he's Jonathan. I feel like that is his Joe side that he keeps interacting with. But is I think something about the theme, this episode of them introducing the idea of somebody convinced that they have a personal relationship with somebody that they don't. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh- um, but so yeah, this, this, this episode is, I think definitely solidified it for me a little more. Um, you know, when Joe runs into him at the park as he's having his little press conference and Reese walks right past him and he just kind of looks at him and just keeps going, doesn't acknowledge his presence. Mm-hmm. Now, I know he was there. I And well, I mean, Joe was wearing his cap of invisibility. Right. So he might have just really I have not that seen as a him. note. <laughs> yeah. I literally have that as like because this is one of my points. So it's funny that yeah, I said you know he goes to scope out this Candace speech <laughs> while he's wearing his invisibility hat. Uh, yeah, says, but yeah, the look from Reese is like I can buy that he doesn't recognize him at all, but finding him a little because like he kind of looks at him, looks away, and then there is like a slight second look, but it's kind of like. Who is this creep in the baseball cap that's standing really close to me for no reason? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, and it was like because, and again, sometimes it's hard to really pinpoint the the real Reese that's been at the group. So we know he was at the funeral and he gave the speech, mm-hmm. and uh, so I feel like that's real. Then afterwards, when they're at Sundry House, I'm not entirely sure. I know, quote, Reese came out to talk to him out in the balcony, but was he actually there in in the room, in the group? Because they kind of just ignored him. I feel like he said something, right. but everyone kind of ignored him. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not entirely sure if that was the real Reese or not when they're all in the in that group setting before Joe went out to the balcony. So I'm not entirely sure. So I was like, would would Reese, would the real Reese even recognize Joe or know him well enough to uh, be like, oh, hey, I know you. You hang out with my friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. This seems like Reese isn't even like he's too busy. It sounds like, especially like with all this detective work that Joe has been doing in this episode, like he's either um, at the hospital, you know, uh, visiting kids in the children's hospital or he's training for a marathon or he's at home. Um, but it sounds like he's pretty, pretty busy, like being this. Uh, mayor candidate so it doesn't sound like he's got a whole lot of time for his friends and i think they kind of mentioned that off off and on a a couple of times so would he even recognize him so you know there's there's that i'm like he doesn't even recognize him doesn't even give it not even like a knowing glance if if they have this little if reese is really playing with him why isn't there some some something to kind of fuck with him you know yeah i feel like if if the if reese really was the killer if all this was true 
then walking past Joe in that park, you know, he would have given him like a wink or something Yes, that can't be like misconstrued by somebody going like something's going on. You just think like, oh, maybe he knows that guy. And it's a playful little like, oh, thanks for coming. And that's all it could be, you know, so I feel like he would have taken the opportunity to do something like that, a little wink or a nod or something. Yes. I feel like there would have been some, like you said, acknowledgement without calling attention or making anyone suspicious or something like that. And why would it be a big deal if he acknowledged him? Because Joe does run in that circle of friends. So it wouldn't be, you know, weird for him to be like shaking his hand and be like, oh, hey, good to see you or something or, you know, but yeah. the fact that he just completely ignored him like he didn't even know him and he could have been looking right through him because he was wearing his invisibility cap. Yeah, he just didn't see Joe. There is that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, as I mentioned, Joe in this episode is looking up information on Reese and he finds almost nothing useful, which is weird to me because I feel like who is better at investigating than Joe? Like mm-hmm. the deep dives I have seen him take on people. I mean, I have picked up lessons from Joe <laughs> on how to like, you know, creep on people. That sounds really bad. I'm not doing, I'm not stalking anyone. I promise when I say that, but you know how you always kind of like. Those skills come in handy. My stepmom's really good at it when she needs to. Yes. Be. I was at like years and years ago, I was in a hit and run situation where somebody <gasps> ran a red light and smashed into my car oh my God. and then took off. And she managed to like, through the powers of deduction and Facebook and Google, like, find who it was and like drove by their house was like yep that's the car like it was (laughs) it turned out to be like the daughter of like the cleaning lady of her sister or some kind of crazy like thing like it was this (laughs) so wow these skills can be useful if people know how to do it i need to find someone i'm calling your stepmom all right (laughs) she's good at it when she wants to (laughs) yeah we'll see yeah it can totally be used for good like i said i've never Mm -hmm. you know this isn't something i have no time to sit around and like creep on people or anything like that so don't please don't anyone get the wrong impression but you know like when Mm. you know hey your friend's interested in someone let's go check out his socials and you know find out a little Mm -hmm. bit about them are they you know straight and narrow are they a a creep or something like that you gotta screen people nowadays you gotta you gotta yeah absolutely i wouldn't go out with anyone i've been on like dating apps and like i see somebody i'm interested in swipe on them and then like maybe they message or something but I don't just keep it in the app. The first thing I'm going to do is go and try to find their Facebook page or their Instagram or their Twitter or something. Be yep. like, okay, let me learn a little bit more about them. So it's, I think it's normal. Yeah, it's a total thing. So absolutely, though that 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 that's about as far as it goes for me. But um, you know, I've never seen anyone as good at it as what Joe has been in the show. So it's interesting that when he's looking up all of this information on Reese, he really doesn't find anything useful. You know, he's either surrounded by cameras or he's in public. Joe is usually better at this. So again, just I feel like leans towards my theory a little bit um, that he's just not finding things because he doesn't want to. Maybe there's something Mm -hmm. holding him back, preventing him or whatever. Uh, and then later when Reese confronts him in his apartment and he tells Joe that he wants a friend. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, I'm not buying it. And that he killed uh, uh, Gemma and Simon and Malcolm for political reasons. Like, right. wouldn't it have just been easier to pay them off? I mean, maybe, right. I don't know if that would well, work because they have yeah, money. Yeah, they've got plenty of money. <laughs> But aren't there better ways to handle something like that? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. It just did not make sense to me. I mean, 
if it's true that Malcolm was like, if if this whole thing is true, if if I'm totally wrong, and and Malcolm was um, really blackmailing him, that I could kind of maybe see it would kind of darken his chances a little bit. But like, what, but what did he say Malcolm had some... on him that he had a gambling addiction? Like, oh no, a person with a lot of money is reckless with it sometimes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like that's that's the worst thing that you can come up with, and then. Simon, you know, he's too dangerous to be associated with because of um, which Simon was a creep for what he was doing, for sure. Mm -hmm. That's not okay. But for like, oh, I can't be associated with him because of how he was dealing with those uh, young women and dragging them up and stealing their work. And then uh, apparently he and Gemma had a a fling while he was married and she's just going to go, which... maybe she would have i don't know i don't maybe she would have just blabbed everyone or something but i mean if she hadn't yet i mean he's already kind of in the position to to like run if she was really going to say something why hadn't she said it by now so i'm just and and really would it mean anything i don't know if he's not even married anymore i i don't know it just seemed um a bunch of bs to me it's i'm like i'm not buying that those are reasons enough to me it was more of convenient for for joe every time someone died it was someone he had to run in with at the mm-hmm. time and really hated in the moment and just would suit him uh for those people right. to just be gone so it's it's kind of like half-baked ideas because yeah i mean hey i'm not gonna get too political here but kind of <laughs> hopefully nobody's gonna get offended but uh you know we can have people run for president of the united states with a much more colorful marital background than that so yes um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't know a lot about UK politics by any means. I I can't keep up with our own mm. uh, politics, much less any other countries. So I'm yeah. not well versed. The thing is, like, but I, if it's not going to affect a US president, then a London mayor, I think, can get away with even a little bit more of like some. Yeah, there were some things in his past that like people make mistakes, but he didn't. You know, <laughs> right. I feel like you can probably have a little bit more of a colorful history, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. but, you know, what do I know? So, yeah, it just seemed kind of bogus for all of these, you know, things that he's talking about and like, oh, I want a friend, you know, and that's why he decided to like, oh, it's fine. You know, she didn't kill Rold. You're still going to have to, you know, frame someone else for it. But, um, you know, I thought we'd just hang out and be chill. I'm like, no, not not buying it. So yeah. And so more, more about that as, as we continue as to why I feel like, like you were saying, my theory, I feel for the moment holds a little more, uh, for me, but also, um, in one, one way, I almost hope I'm wrong. I'm, I'm wondering also if Reese maybe is, if, if all of this is, is wrong, it would be more fun if Reese were someone not specifically or directly from Joe's past, but knows someone from Joe's past. It'd be really fun to mm. dig up someone from like season one or two or something like that, that right. Reese knows that Joe was associated with um, if I were wrong. So that, that almost might be more interesting, but cause I don't know We're there's still several episodes to go. There's plenty of time for another twist here. So yeah, anyway, we'll see. Um, what's your next point? Yeah, well, like I said, that Reese, the whole Reese situation was definitely one of my points. So I've got some extra Ooh. notes and something with that too. Let's hear uh, it. Which, yeah, we talked about this, the him in the park. I was like, you would think he would give him something. Uh, 
But yeah, I liked that while Joe is trying to find stuff on him, he makes that Henderson reference. Uh, where he's like, oh, I thought getting into Henderson's place was going to be hard with this. I was like, yeah, celebr- a celebrity comedian was hard enough to infiltrate the home of, but mayoral candidate of London, practically impossible. So you got to find another way to get to him, except do you really? Do you really need to find a way to get to him? Because um, <laughs> then, yeah, Joe learns he's got himself a little hermit as a target, except when he's surrounded by people in public. That's where Nadia catches him doing the research on Reese, which leads to her spilling some information about his morning running route. And I was like, oh, Joe, are you going to try to peach this thing? Yes, um, <laughs> flashback to peach in the park. Uh, <laughs> but just as Joe is developing a plan to get to Reese, guess who shows up in the, uh, the flat? Reese or niece. Pay no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to be a thing. Um, it's not going <laughs> to stick. No, uh, no, but... <laughs> Is Reese really blackmailing Joe into continuing their partnership, or is it Joe's subconscious getting him off track from attacking a politician in broad daylight and pulling him in a different direction? Uh, <laughs> 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 what is it really? Uh, with random note, my phone autocorrected Reese as Arby's. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> there's now an alternate dimension where this show is all about a hungry American writer who's just really trying to get to Arby's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they have the meats (laughs) yes (laughs) he's just like man i gotta do all this research i'm in london i can't find an arby's um (laughs) yeah (laughs) i just thought that was ridiculous it's hilarious Uh, (laughs) so yeah i think like you i'm kind of fully on board with the whole joe is the killer and this version of reese is only in his head theory i nice since it's been going, I think I'm I'm with you on this. Uh, oh, nice. So maybe I'll be shocked at the end when it's not that. But I feel like there are too many clues. No coincidences, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you talked about that with Reese's explanation for why he killed his others. It's all based on what Joe assumes is the reason mixed with things Joe has already learned. Malcolm's blackmailing, Simon's manipulation of people. The Gemma thing wasn't known, but that could just be Joe assuming based off, well, Reese is divorced, so maybe that's the reason. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's things that aren't new information to Joe. Because, uh, yeah, Reese is killing people who threaten his campaign. He wants a clean election in a term with no consequences, so he's going to go around and murder a bunch of people. It seems very far-fetched. Uh, yeah. And risky and when you're see, a mayoral, mayoral right. con- candid- candidate. Like, yeah. you're, you're serial killing on the side while you're running right. for mayor? I mean, uh-huh. it's bizarre. Right. I mean, you could be a, like, police you know not a detective but you know you could be doing (laughs) police work as a serial killer dexter has told us that but um (laughs) analyst but uh yeah no but reese also says that you know i'll take care of the how you take care of the who but then everything that joe does to pin the murder on somebody whether if it was connie or even when he settles on dawn he was responsible for every aspect of it. Reese didn't do anything. <laughs> Cause even at the end, you know, when Reese is back in the flat and he's applauding Joe, like, Oh, good thinking with the Rotomania thing and all of this, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you said you were going to handle the how, and you didn't do anything. Joe had to do everything on his own. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that might be a little clue there once more, which again, them talking there at the end, it's like, okay, Joe, I get that you're upset. 
but that is never an excuse to slam a perfectly good Helene Smith record onto the floor, shattering it. Vinyl abuse will get you nowhere. Uh, <laughs> don't take it out on the vinyl. <laughs> don't take it out on the vinyl. That hurt my heart a lot. Yes. But, you know. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but Reese is there once more, and he's bringing up the whole voices in your head thing, the erotomania. I don't know. Feels important that even Reese was talking about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And that's where we get the end of the episode where he's dropping the bomb on Joe that the main event is upon them. Tom Lockwood must die, right? It's too <laughs> convenient that mm-hmm. it's um, now that he's targeting Tom Lockwood. Yeah. Like, that feels like a move of old Joe. Yes, exactly. <laughs> because like I was just saying, um, he, okay, so first Malcolm, then Simon, and then Gemma, all the you know, they just kind of lined right up based on who was either in Joe's way or was the shitty boyfriend, the guy threatening her career and the person that she can't stand. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So now, now that he's gotten back in with Kate, when they decide to just, you know, submit to each other and okay, we're just going to let our past past lives, you know, they don't exist. This is us moving forward. We're not even going to, you know, worry about what happened before. Now that they seem to, you know, now acknowledge their um, want for each other and have consummated that, now all of a sudden it's just convenient that now, you know, uh, he needs to remove him from, you know, her life. I, I, I don't buy that it's, um, you know, Reese is like, oh, well, he's... He's supporting my, um, you know, my opponent. Just, I'm not buying it. I think it all has to do with Kate. Like, yeah. it's what he would do with, like, Beck. Mm-hmm. You know, um, eliminating people that were, you know, well, he's he's harming her. I got to take him out. He's no good for her. He's, you know, um, you know, it's always someone that isn't, or it could be she, because he, he murdered women, too. But, you know, somebody that was, like, harming his object, right? Um, right. He had to find a way he, to justify to take them out because, you know, only Joe was good for them. And I feel like he's kind of falling back into that in a, in a backwards kind of way with, with quote, Reese. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, too convenient that it just happens to be Tom Lockwood, who's such a thorn in her side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's... It's a lot of clues. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm totally fine with being wrong, but it just it, and and if it turns out to be a fantastic twist into something else, I'm okay with that, but it's the only thing making sense to me because right now what they're showing me does not make sense right. to me. <laughs> so, I'm twisting it myself. Um mm. That was great. That was really great. Um Well, my next point is and we've already talked about her, but hey, we got uh, uh, the blonde woman mystery was solved. Yeah. So um, I thought it was interesting because, man, we've really, well, me, I'll speak for myself, um, really thought she was going to end up being someone that was going to recognize Joe. Like, who's this woman? She is at all the events. Is she um, a paparazzi? Um, you know, is she just a photographer for you know, a tabloid or a news magazine, maybe the same thing over there. I don't know, but she was always there and she was always fixated on Joe. And of course, you know, that's all that we saw of her. So 
that's just kind of what we had to go on. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was interesting that instead, you know, she wasn't after Joe at all, other than recognizing him at that uh, press conference that Reese was at. Um, you know, she was just like, you know, who are you? And didn't really care at all. And she ended up being the stalker uh, for Phoebe. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting, you know, that why would Phoebe go off with some unknown waitress taking her word that, hey, the cops wanted me to come get you, you know? She, right. <laughs> she just, okay. You know, especially after- ex- Wouldn't an officer be like, hey, I want you to come with us? Why would they, yeah. Hey, random person who just started working here, go tell her. Well, and hello, <laughs> where the hell's her new security dude at? You know, she, right. we, we saw, uh, cause we haven't really acknowledged Vic at all since, mm-hmm. uh, Joe killed him. Yeah. Uh, but she mentioned, oh, I miss Vic. You know, she's got this new security guy and, uh, I'm like, well, where's this dude? You know, shouldn't he right. have his eyes on her at all times? And why isn't he, you know, noticing that someone's approaching her and she's starting to leave, even though Phoebe should have been more forceful as far as, well, let me let me go talk to someone or go, let me go tell someone or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So why would she go off with someone, especially after she just told Joe and she told um, Adam about, I think someone's watching me. (laughs) Following me. It's like someone's watching me. Why would you go off with someone that you, that you have no clue, um, you know, who they are. And uh, so anyway, I thought that was weird. And I thought it was very sus also that when the police find out that Phoebe's missing, why did they immediately start looking outside of the building instead of thinking to look inside the hotel somewhere that she could still be there? I mean, wouldn't you want to kind of lock it down in case she's still there somewhere, either in a room or locked away somewhere? Um, it just seemed weird to me that they would automatically go, we'll go check cameras and we'll go look outside. And, she, you know, I'm thinking, well, sometimes they're closer than what you think they are. So mm-hmm. it was strange um, that they didn't look for her. Well, yeah, wouldn't closer. Nadia have said, like told them, yeah, this lady was taking her up the elevator <laughs> to the upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, we should go check outside then. No, the <laughs> elevator to the upstairs. <laughs> I mean, if you want to like split forces and okay, exactly. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> fine, police work there, people. Um, <laughs> so Don had a point. The police weren't doing their jobs very well, but yes. <laughs> Um, and then, like you said, you know, which I, I, I really want to hear what you think, because I think that, um, you know, your thoughts are probably going to be, you know, a lot better than what I can articulate as far as this. I think there was some purpose to how they presented Don in obsessing mm-hmm. over Phoebe. Um, and I and, and yeah, definitely, you know, we've already talked about how it's like, well, does not make. Just because of what Phoebe did, you know, it. I don't think she's a bad person. I think she suffers from a mental illness and needs help. Didn't deserve to be framed, you know, for this murder. Also interesting that they're just automatically, you're under the arrest for all these murders. And I'm like, well, at least take her in for questioning or, you know, because right. of what she did to Phoebe. But probably ought to, like, look into it a little bit more before you just automatically arrest her with those charges. But anyway, right. um, so I think it was this story with Don and Phoebe was definitely holding up a mirror to Joe. Yeah. What, what did you, you have a point about that? I'd love if you want to jump in. I'll- yeah. Well, I've got just Don okay. in general as a point, just like kind of her, 
story. Um, <clears throat> I do have a weird question about it, but she had been gone a few episodes, but our strange photographer woman is back. <laughs> snapping pictures of Joe. Yeah. Uh, which Don, which she's nothing more, it seems, than just this uber-obsessed stalker of Phoebe, uh, who's been doing her own research into the Eat the Rich Killer situation, and so she doesn't trust Joe, and she doesn't trust all these other people. But I do have an issue that the first time we saw Dawn was in the first episode. Again, she was watching Joe in Paris at the art event. Phoebe was not there, as far as we know. So that's what's not adding up. Oh, and I don't know if that's, that's right. just an oversight or, or something, but I swear. And I should go back and rewatch that first episode or that part to make sure that's her, but I'm pretty sure. And <clears throat> Oh, yeah, I need to go back and watch that because if so, that does raise a lot of questions, huh? Then I was just like, well, where? Because even Dawn, when she's talking to Joe, says, you know, I've been following you since you shoved in with Phoebe. But I was like, well, what about Paris? Uh, <laughs> yeah, was Phoebe in <clears throat> Paris? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. But I don't know. I love that she tried to JoJo uh, <laughs> to, to look him up online and find out about him. And of course, she found nothing because Professor Jonathan Moore doesn't exist. Right. Uh, <laughs> he has no history. Right. But so that's my only hang up is what about the Paris thing? And again, I should go back and make sure, but I am almost completely sure that that was her, which is because that why whenever in the second episode where they're walking into sundry house and she like is staring at him again, you're like, Oh, it's the same lady that was staring at him in Paris mystery. But if it's just all about Phoebe, then I don't understand that part. And hopefully, and like part of me wants to like Google it and find out, but I know I can't because we might get answers and there's spoilers everywhere. And it's already now that this back half is dropped. I'm having to be. Oh real my gosh. Careful. Yes. Because so. it's out there. Be careful for anyone <laughs> that's are happening. Yeah. yeah. That's following with us week by week. Be very careful um, because yes, it's, it's terrible out there. I've, I've gotten very close. I'm like, Oh my God, it's just, mm -hmm. I'm going to go silent. But yes, you're right. What if it's, what if it's now I'm Sessa Phoebe? What if it was Phoebe all along? No. <laughs> no, no. That would be the twist. That would be the big twist. Cause yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Now I'm starting to so, question, but sorry, so I, just, I interrupted. I wonder about, yeah. So maybe Phoebe was in, in Paris as part of the art stuff, but I mean, there's no artists. Simon wasn't involved. Kate wasn't involved. As far as we know, that was just like Marianne had her stuff there. Mm hmm. Are we going to get any more Marianne this season? I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that's just not, not like that's something that's not adding up. It's kind of weird. But that aside, yeah, we get, you know, Phoebe feeling like she's being followed and she is right. Dawn has been everywhere she's been, except the Paris thing. But again, <laughs> moving on. Um, uh, yeah, because every time we see her watching Joe, it's other than the. I guess she was at Reese's speech. Phoebe wasn't there. Why was she there? I mean, does she actually work as a like photographer and journalist? Maybe. Um. Yeah, I thought that too. <laughs> I'm like, well, you just said, you know, that you're you're every there, you're you're everywhere with Phoebe, and you're following her. Then what were you doing at that press conference? Because right. So yeah, that was weird too. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I I wondered the same. It's odd. Mm. Yeah, as uh, she joins the Sundry House staff last minute in these positions that Adam is just haphazardly throwing together for this for Kate's charity event. Uh, doubtful any of them are getting paid. He says, "Like the, the payroll lady's uh, away for now, so it might be late." And he's like, "Okay, sure, dude." Mm -hmm. uh, 
But yeah, she pulls Phoebe away to this private room. Uh, but Nadia catches them right before they go up the elevator so she can tell Joe, who then notices the police are still here at the party, so clearly they're not trying to talk to her anywhere. So they alert the police to this situation, which we talked about that. Um, and then, yeah, just Dawn. Um, I remember how much tension was through all of these scenes on my first watch. It was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, clearly, yeah, she's this obsessive fan who's mentally not all there. She has this delusion that because she religiously follows everything that Phoebe does online, that Phoebe knows who she is and that they're the best of friends. Name of the episode, mic drop. Oops, Steve, I did it. I know, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Took your thing. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that that first watch, I remember being so intense because we like learn like through these little things that Don has meticulously planned all this out. The backpack was already up in the room with the lock in it and the knife for some reason. Uh, and she even says she stocked her flat with a bunch of throw pillows for Phoebe to love so she can sneak her back there. Like she's got this whole grand plan of kidnapping Phoebe basically to protect her. Uh, and then the tattoo thing comes up and I was like several yikes on several bikes. Uh, that was weird. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, let me see your tattoo. Where did it go away? It's like, did she just like, imagine that they got tattoos together like what and it's like not at a tattoo parlor uh she like carved it into her arm and did like put ink in it <laughs> like, it's like and then she goes yeah there's a crazy person out there and i was like yes don out there is where that is um <laughs> yeah look look inward <laughs> uh, but man yeah the knife thing was tense uh joe finds the room and then him and Phoebe are able to kind of together talk his way in. I love Phoebe's, uh, you know, my friend Dawn, the paparazzi lady that I talked to through the television. Um, <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that he picks up on it and plays along to keep things calm. Uh, <laughs> where he's like, the killer is out here. You're right, Dawn. And I, you got to let me in and I'll explain everything. And, and Phoebe knows how to to push Don's obsessive devotion a little bit. She's like, you're right. We can't leave him out there with the killer. If anything happens to him, I'll never forgive you. Best friend. (laughs) It's like, Oh, okay. Like they're, they're really playing her there for a moment, Mm -hmm. which is kind of sad. Realistically, if it's like real life, you think about it, you're like, it's kind of sad. But for the show, it's, it's a little funny. Um, Yeah. It works because it's fiction and we can, we can poke fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But then, yeah, Don recognizes Joe, Jonathan. Um, and like I said, you know, ever since you shoved in with Phoebe, I haven't trusted you. And you tried to find out all this stuff. And then, yeah, Joe is like talking her down real, like just being honest, real is like, you think you know Phoebe, but you don't. To where that's where the erotomania comes up, this delusion where, like I said, you're convinced that you have a deep personal relationship with somebody, usually of a high status. That you don't. It is a real thing. It's very rare, but there are real cases of it. Uh, and Phoebe knows about it through this uh, fictional story of her good friend Madonna, right? Uh, <laughs> right. That was a name drop. <laughs> I wasn't she expecting. was trying to propose to some guy <laughs> through streetlights or something. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it becomes a real tricky situation where they're trying to talk Dawn down while also telling her that she is mentally unstable. That's a fine line to run to tell somebody you're mentally unwell. Everything you're saying right now is wrong, 
but it's okay. We'll just yeah. we're your friends. Let's just all be friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Joe's got a great voice for negotiation. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, we can get into yeah, you know, we've talked about with the police coming in and like the whole him making that framing decision and things like that. And I do have some other thoughts about Phoebe's interactions in there, but that's actually for a different. Point. Oh, good. So oh, good. Later. Yes, let's. Yeah, we'll, we're going to have to talk about those because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just strange. So yeah, yeah. Um, I like that. That that that's really good. And you know, Joe, I think was really able to connect with Don because, hello. Who else has had obsessions over someone and thinking that they have a real deep connection with someone, but is completely delusional? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, of even he if knows. you don't want to take the route of like the Reese thing, it kind of is like he's had some forms of that. Yeah, in all seasons, mm-hmm. with like, I mean, it starts with Guinevere Beck, where he's just like, I know everything about you and I know what's good for you. And it's like, this woman has never talked to you yeah. in her life. She doesn't know who you are, but you think that you know all these things about her, know what's good for her. So, I mean, yeah, this is something that has definitely shown to be part of who Joe is since the very beginning. Yeah, this absolute delusion that, yeah, like you said, he he knows this person, you know, that whoever he is obsessing about at this time, that he knows all about them, knows what their wants and needs are. He idolizes them, puts them up on this pedestal, and then when he gets to actually know them like for real, then finds out that they are not who he had built them up to be, gets disappointed and kills them. Um, you know, he's, it's all disappointed. You've let me down. How could you? It's like, well, <laughs> you created this person, you know, right. from not even knowing them. You didn't even know anything about them. You, know, you didn't really fall in love with that person. You fell in love with who you thought you made them out to be. Um, yeah. So, yeah, definitely holding up a, a mirror there for, I think, a couple different reasons um, having to do with Joe. So, interesting. But I'm glad we finally got, I mean, I don't know that we'll, we'll have seen the last of Dawn this season and how that will play out. But I'm glad we kind of at least got um, an answer to that, to who she was. It wasn't necessarily someone from yeah. Joe's past or someone that, like, recognized him, but, uh, you know, got at least a little bit of an answer there. Yeah. Um, my next point, I just want to talk about Nadia for a minute. A lot of these points um, that I have are pretty small, um, but I wanted to just mention Nadia that she's now becoming pretty suspicious of Joe mm-hmm. slash Jonathan, whomever. And I'm wondering if she's going to be the one to unravel all of this or... Um, I mean, she's she's the detective, you know, she she <laughs> loves all of the detective stories. She certainly knows how they work. She's definitely using that when she says, where was the last time you read something where the outsider kept being the hero, but actually had no deeper connection to the story? And I thought, huh, I don't know. I don't know that I know any of those examples. But I mean, I think that she has right. a point that Joe keeps popping up, you know, in this in this friend group that he's he's new to the group and he just keeps being the hero. I mean, it does look pretty suspicious like how convenient yeah. for this person you know to, to keep being the hero of these stories um you know and and to not have like a deeper connection like they all seem to have you know they all have known each other for such a long time and joe has not and so i'm curious to see if she will be the one to start 
finding out who Joe is, and I worry about her because investigating mm. Joe didn't go very well for Delilah. And yeah, I do have a, a note about that. Like, just as an extra note, is I'm just like, uh, <laughs> I, I think you're gonna, you, she could get herself hurt or killed digging into Joe's business. Um, and yeah, I spe- specifically Delilah I said, you know, he has he has killed complete innocence for being in the wrong place before. Mm-hmm. We can't forget that. And I was like, remember Delilah? That's the biggest example of that. Yeah, and uh, even though he didn't kill her but well, he locked her in the but, box but and... he did put her in the box and left her down there for love to find so yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah you know and i and i like nadia i know i've been kind of obsessed of her i kind of I, well i think i've probably been obsessed with just about everyone until <laughs> i got to this <laughs> last theory um but I, I i do worry now that she's starting to raise an eyebrow and become a little suspicious and she's you know feeling like these things aren't making sense to her too um from mm-hmm. this um from her perspective and like you said if there's one thing about joe he is all about self-preservation so is is because that's kind of what he's doing now that's why he's went along with reese and it's why even before he knew reese was the person who is you um it was self-preservation because this this person claimed to know who Joe really was and hey I'm going to expose you and you know I'll frame you for it and you're going to be found out and he's trying to I know he's saying oh I'm trying to save these people I'm like well maybe I don't know why you care you know about these people <laughs> you don't know them you don't have a history with them but I think it's more about his self-preservation you know um and protecting his image and not anyone finding out that he's really um Joe and that he's really Jonathan Moore. So, you know, it he is very good at self-preservation. So I think if if she starts to dig a little too deep, I feel like the old uh Joe will make an appearance. Yeah. So, I don't know. Just I thought that was interesting. She she wasn't in it a whole lot. Um but just enough to be in the right place at the right time to see that, you know, all is not as it may seem to be. With him so that was very short and sweet kind of point of mind um what do you have next? all right uh i did mention that yeah i was going to save some of those phoebe things for for another point so i'll get to that one uh talk about adam and phoebe and <laughs> their relationship this episode so weird. uh adam's not starting on the best foot by leveraging his proposal to phoebe as a bet for his car collection it's not the brightest uh mm. <laughs> But but yeah, uh, and then we see Adam later apologizes to Joe, or or does, <laughs> does he really? He? <laughs> uh, or is he is he also just being nice to the person that Phoebe really admires for some reason to get in good graces for his upcoming proposal? Right? Because he's like, make sure you tell her that I was really nice and I uh, apologize to you. Uh, <laughs> and Joe's like, you did. <laughs> okay, uh, but yeah. So why I was gonna what I wanted to hold back from the Dawn uh, notes is while Don and Phoebe are in that room uh, and Adam comes up in conversation. And that's what leads Don to say maybe the only true and sane things that she says to Phoebe the entire time, which is Adam isn't who you think he is. He's broke. He's using you as a meal ticket. That, you know, all of these things were his leases and all of these things. He's just, he's going to lose everything 
unless he's with you, because if you marry him, then he gets access to all your money and it's shared and he can save his businesses. And it sounds like crazy talk to Phoebe for a little bit, but then she starts kind of piecing all the things together, especially it was like, and he's been unfaithful, but maybe you let it slide. And all of these things are ringing true for Phoebe. Yeah. Uh, for her. Yeah. To where then at the end of the Dawn arc of the episode where Phoebe pulls the knife from Dawn and goes a little off kilter for a moment herself, where she's got Dawn like pinned down on the couch with the knife in her throat, like at her throat. And then, but then Phoebe yells at her and says, I'm sick of being manipulated and underestimated and fake protected. I go, I feel like this is about more than Dawn. Um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like this anger is uh, towards Adam as well. There's some things that have come to the surface in Phoebe's mind. Uh, and so, yeah, this is a quick point, but then we kind of get near the end of the episode. Adam proposes to Phoebe and it's his wording. Again, he is just not very bright uh but with his wording with this proposal he says i need you almost losing you made me realize that and you know immediately she's thinking do you need me or do you need my money what is it mm-hmm. which which one do you mean you need me and she calls him out on all of these things that don had told her he says like i found out through my stalker how embarrassing is that uh Not real and i like the way that she ends it where she doesn't say no she doesn't say yes but she says if you really love me the way that you say that you do, then you're going to sort your shit out first without my help, without my money. Whatever, you know, whatever that means, whether he is able to fix his finances or if he goes completely flat broke, you know, in the process is like you take care of it as your own, as as a man, as an individual, as a, as you, you handle that without me being there as your crutch. And then if you really, truly do love me, you can come back to me after you've taken care of that. And I had to applaud her for that. I was like, you. You deserve to stand up for yourself. Yes. Good job, Phoebe. <laughs> I was proud of her too. I, I've mentioned a few times um, out of uh, this new group that Joe has surrounded himself with. Phoebe has definitely become my favorite. Not saying she's mm-hmm. the best person. I do feel she's probably spoiled and she definitely out of touch and probably more things. But I do feel like she has a really good heart, and I do like her the most. And uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, I was like, good for you setting boundaries and because I, I think she really does care for Adam. I mean, I think that was clear when they hadn't really all the way broken up from um, yeah. episode five and that now they're working on their issues. You know, I'm like, well, you know, you could have broken up with him then, but, you know, um, decided to stick it out because I think she does feel for him and doesn't want to just, you know, throw it away and feels that it's worth salvaging. Um, and then, yeah, when she makes the decision, like, you know, no, I'm not going to marry you, uh, but, you know, we're this isn't moving forward until, yeah, you take care of your shit uh, and mm-hmm. then you can come for me. I was like, good for you, girl. Um, you know, she's, a, I think, a better person than me. I probably would have <laughs> not had the same reaction, but I thought it was interesting. You know, I, I do feel there was more to her reaction with Dawn. Because I don't know, I would not have expected someone like Phoebe, who seems like this pampered little rich girl, to have mm. the reflexes that she did to lunge uh-huh. and grab that knife from Dawn and then hold it. I mean, she she looked a little not like Phoebe in that moment. 
as she's uh-huh. holding that knife and and saying that you know I'm 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 tired of this and I'm tired of that and I'm just like mm, there is more to that and it could be yeah. Adam it could be you know sh- that she had just found out about Adam again from her stalker why is she having to find out from <laughs> a stalker about Adam so yeah she's probably pretty pissed off feels betrayed um and uh, and lots of other feelings but I did think is there a little bit more to phoebe that we that we don't know about um i don't yeah. i don't she says what am i gonna do next do you really know me yeah exactly uh, <laughs> and i'm like "Ooh, that's interesting do we know mm-hmm. phoebe and when you were like oh that blonde woman dawn was in paris when she saw joe and i'm like yeah well why and it just like this again i don't know shit i'm <laughs> probably reaching but i just find it really interesting that joe was in paris marianne was in paris and this whole thing happened in paris and why would don be there if phoebe wasn't there she could have had some other legitimate reason maybe but it it tracks that she seemed to follow phoebe around all the time so you know it, it you can deduce that phoebe was there but then why does she know more about joe than what we think and is phoebe really this you know little rich girl that just you know lives life you know on the fast lane or whatever so i don't know i'm just thinking there's a little bit more to her than what what we know that scene is not what i expected from her at all in that moment so i don't know i i've got a lot of questions about phoebe now that was really good um gosh I've got like a small, I'm really out of like my main points. Um, I wanted to just kind of talk about Kate, but I don't have, it's pretty short. I just. All right. Sorry, I don't interrupt. I did. I pulled up Netflix. Oh, good. Bother me. If she brought it again, I went back and watched that scene from the first episode. Mm -hmm. It's not done. So I was off. It was a different lady. So. Damn. Okay. I made that connection incorrectly. It was just some other random, like, older lady. So, hmm. was not Dawn. So then my other, yeah, connection being like, why would she be? No, nope, we didn't see Dawn until episode two well, at, at Sundry as the paparazzi. So, that's okay. Because I feel. That theory's at the, uh, so at least, but that makes me feel better because, like, why the fuck was she in Paris? Well, she wasn't. That's. Now I'm making up things and connections <laughs> that aren't there. I'm, I'm the crazy one. <laughs> no i well even without that though i still whenever i watched it i was like oh that's not the phoebe we know and when she pointedly asks dawn what am i gonna do next how how well do you think that you know me and i'm like oh Mm -hmm. you know yeah this is not the behavior i would have expected of phoebe so it does make me question do we really know Phoebe? Is or is it just something else to try and throw us off? Probably. But I did think it was really interesting because that's not how I would have expected her to react and be able to have those lightning reflexes, grabbing that knife, being brave enough maybe to, to grab the knife, you know, the way that she did. Um, it was interesting. I still have questions despite the fact if it wasn't Dawn in season one yeah. in Paris. I'm, I'm still questioning about Phoebe. And maybe I'm meant to. <laughs> maybe that's on purpose um okay well thanks for clarifying 
And yeah, so it came up enough that I was like, I haven't rewatched, so I just think I was like, well, let me <laughs> let me go check. And I was like, okay, so I was wrong. And so then there's people who are listening to this podcast yelling at me like, you idiot, that wasn't that her. What wasn't are you talking about? Don't. I can okay. <laughs> I can hear them. I can hear you yes. from here. Um, so don't worry if you've stuck around listening past that point. Hold the email. I've, I've done my diligence. I went back. I hold looked. your voicemails. You are correct, ladies and gentlemen. I'm an idiot. No, I'm <laughs> no. no. I, I'm not here to correct you. I I wasn't. I'm like you know what? You're probably right because gosh, I feel like a million things have happened since episode one. Um, I've moved on since then. I don't remember everything. No, mm-hmm. totally valid. Yep, everybody, please stop sending in the mail and voice messages. We got it. We're good. <laughs> We're back on track. I still I still feel like it was a little odd from Phoebe, but um, so Kate, um, I I still I don't I don't dislike her as much as what I did uh, in the beginning in the first couple of episodes, she, I feel like she's probably out of the group, the nicer. Well, I know she can definitely have attitude, but I, I feel like, like Joe, I feel like she does see the good in, in people uh, and tries to do good. Um, especially by her actions. I feel like because her, her outward attitude doesn't quite match her, what, what she tries to do inwardly anyway or what what she tries to do like for the world and stuff or like disassociating herself with her father who she, she named off all of these horrible things that he's done and she knows about um so i feel like she's probably the better of the group but i still i'm not quite sure what to think of her i don't really i'm not getting the chemistry between her and joe um mm-hmm. so i i don't know and i find it hard to really care about her when i look at um, the girls from the past seasons that Joe's been involved with, right. um, she doesn't quite get to the level for me. So I'm feeling, I don't know, a little like, eh, a little underwhelmed with Kate. Um, but, you know, I thought it was interesting how this person, this Nico, who comes out of nowhere uh, and mm-hmm. gets involved with her, who supposed to be under good circumstances like oh hey just you know that i'd randomly come back into your life and buy some art and we could hook up and right. then she finds out that he's got some interesting pickup lines yeah. um it seemed a little cringeworthy to me but i guess it works on kate so you do you dude <laughs> you know i i don't know if she was just you know coming down <laughs> off of the situation with her and jokes it sounds like she was a little bit mm. um and this is just me guessing because I feel like she wasn't very vocal about it. But I think she wants to be with Joe, but she felt a little rejected by him and a little hurt by that. Mm-hmm. And she was looking for like, hey, here's someone who's interested in me, you know, and he's familiar, safe, and she goes for it, you know, kind of a rebound thing. So yeah. I get it. We've all been there. Um, but she ends up finding out that this dude, uh, you know, no, he's not working for his father. He's working for hers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is weird. Um, first, Nico, don't save her dad's number under his real name. Save right. it. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Like, he might as well just be more specific. His phone should have gone off ringing. It would have just said, like, 
<laughs> it's a Tom Lockwood, comma, you know, Kate's father who hires you to do this job. <laughs> like, just spell it all out in his name there. Ship just had, had a, a bunch of red flags as his name. Because you couldn't, like, God, dumb. So, yeah, use a code name or something. Have we learned mm-hmm. nothing? Uh, and then it, it it's weird what is her dad trying to do like he he's like but he loves you and he's trying to do good what by setting her up with a fuckboy and mm-hmm. you know buying simon's art like that's kind of weird like let right. me set you up yeah, with someone and- to to have sex with you and and that's my that's how i'm showing you how i'm being supportive yeah that part <laughs> that part is what weird and I don't know if that was part of it or not, or if that was something that Nico decided to get and go extra Maybe. with. I don't know. But yeah, because what, what Nico says, at least, is that, yeah, Tom hired him to buy all of Simon's collection in order to, you know, those millions of dollars are going to go to kickstart Kate's charity, her organization, her foundation, whoever. So that was like, you know, oh, no, he's trying to help you. He sent me because you knew, you know, I knew you weren't going to buy from him. He knew you weren't going to buy from mm-hmm. him. So. Let's throw this old friend back into your life that can buy all this stuff on, you know, his account in order for So he's helping you. He's, he's being nice. He's giving you all this money towards your foundation. He just had to find a back way to do it because you wouldn't take it from him directly. And like, that seems all good. But then Kate reads into it as like, no, he's trying to say he still has control over what I'm doing. He still has power and say like, because he's, he can turn around and say, you know, oh, that foundation you started with my money. You know, he, she still doesn't trust him. Right. Yeah. So, I don't know. And then, of course, like like we mentioned earlier, convenient that he just happens to be next on the list. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know that this is going to be Reese's main event. You know, just when Joe thought it was going to be over. Oh, no. You know, Tom Lockwood just can't stay out of his daughter's life and business. So... Joe must do something about it, or Reese must do something about it. (laughs) So, I don't know. Very short point, but just, you know, because he he kept coming up, and he's once again interfering in her life, and how she finds that distasteful, and wants nothing to do with him. Um, You know, and as as she's talking to Joe later, and they're talking about, you know, hey, I've got a past too. Uh, But I'm like, well, uh, have you committed murder along the way because if not you're not several times yeah you're not quite on the same <laughs> level as joe <laughs> but anyway you know that she's you know hey starting forward you tell me the truth i'll tell you the truth whatever happened before is going to stay there and you know they're they're now going to have they think a a relationship so i don't know um yeah. it's not as balanced as i think she thinks it is is like i I have a past for, with a different name too. And he's to be like, yeah, Catherine Lockwood. I'm aware of that one. Um, <laughs> it's not really a secret. Um, exactly. Yeah. And I, and I know Joe think, you know, I think he's tried to maybe tell her as much truth as what he's willing to, you know, he did give her some mm-hmm. little, little nuggets of truth without, you know, like, Oh, and by the way, I happen to like murder all these people. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh moving forward and what happens with their relationship i'm not buying it though i just think i don't know it's just it's not winning me over uh i'm not feeling that 
same vibe. And maybe that's supposed to be it or something because the season's so different. Like Kate seems to like he Joe anyway seems to be convinced that he truly cares for Kate and that this is all happening kind of organically. He didn't see it. He didn't seek her out like his other obsessions. You know, she's not his obsession. They're making it seem like this has just happened in an uh in an organic way. Um so I don't know. Like he wasn't looking for it like he was with like love or back or whatever. So I don't know. But just wanted to kind of call that out. So um what else do you got? Any other points? Uh so that was my my last point okay. uh was also Kate and and Jonathan. Uh <laughs> yeah, I was talking about some other things, which you know, the beginning of the episode is like, did Kate just pin a new favorite term of mine? Bureau twat? <laughs> I love that. Um, <laughs> good. It's a great one. Um, yeah, so talking about Nico a little bit, uh, we see when Joe first sees him, he has quite a negative internal reaction. Because who is he? Why is he touching her like that? Mm-hmm. And we see right there, he's getting a little obsessive with Kate. Like he does with other things where he's like well this guy who's this guy is he good for her why is he doing this a mm, little bit of old but he is Joe. still capable yeah he's capable of pulling it back but then it makes me wonder is that why possibly his subconscious now wants him to kill her father uh free her from his tyranny is because the obsession to kate is actually starting to take hold and happen yeah um because all he really wants is to love and be loved by kate too bad in one way or another, all of his psychopathic, sociopathic, serial killer ways have come back to haunt him and keep him from being happy. Uh, <laughs> not great. Uh, so yeah, I talked about the Nico situation and him working for Tom. Uh, so of course, yeah, she's rightfully pissed after that situation, but she can always count on Joe being up in his flat, staring at her through the window. So close your (laughs) curtains, Kate, you know, he's looking at you. I think at this point she dislikes it. Yeah. She she can almost like rely on it. She was like, Oh man, I'm pissed off. And I kicked this guy out of my apartment. What do I do? Well, I know Joe's watching. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) (laughs) Jonathan's there. So, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she she goes over well actually he comes to her place uh and they have this whole conversation where they really just lay everything out you talked about that with just get on the same place you know we make this agreement to not care or worry about past events names situations whatever just love each other for who we are now regardless which is something that joe needs and always wanted so obviously it's going to go 17 different kinds of sideways of course. because we can't have Joe <laughs> be happy and win. Can we? That's not how this works. Um, but I will say again, talking about moral growth, there was one line and it seems like just such a small line, but it really does show that Joe is evolving into a better person in one way or another mm-hmm. is there's a big step for him to admit to a woman, to her face. He says, I got jealous when I saw that brick touch you and I have zero right. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. That was a big admission for him. Right. to, And especially saying that out loud. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think there could be a part of him that wants to, that wants to evolve yeah, yeah. and be better. I just don't know that he's fully capable. Right. Yeah. So when he starts evolving and becoming better, then there's going to be another part of him that won't, let him and keeps trying to drag him back down yeah no matter so, where you go there you are that's a close 
That's yeah. So that's really all I had. It was a, a small point. That is the last one I had. I like it. Do you have any notes? Um, I just had a couple little notes about uh, Nadia, which we talked about. Kind of her, yeah. Like I mentioned, the hopefully she doesn't become the next Delilah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so just like little notes of him of Joe running into Nadia and Edward, the students of the party. Uh, and I do remember in the first episode he did call it. That he was like, either they're getting up killing each other or married. Uh, yes. <laughs> something like that. It's like he, he, he did, did call it. They're officially on a date together. Uh, and then Nadia is kind of fangirling over the fact that Professor Moore is friends with Lady Phoebe. Oh my God. Can you introduce <laughs> me? Can we get a selfie? Can we? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so weird that she tried to do that. I don't know. Something weird about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, we talked about the. You know, Nadia is kind of the reason that the police get involved and we get the whole situation with Phoebe and Dawn and all of that. Uh, she thinks that it's the Eat the Rich killer again, but uh, Reese, in quotation marks, told Joe that he was done with all of that. So it really is just a stalker. Mm-hmm. And Joe Joe knows a thing or two about kidnapping someone. So uh, <laughs> yeah, got the he's glass box. putting these things together. Yeah. yeah, he's like, well, they must be in the building upstairs or one of the rooms. And I do love that he did have a line about unless they had time to construct something in the basement, oh. which is a fun callback. Uh, yes. Thank you for remembering that. Really great callback. Yeah. Uh, oh, a little trip down memory lane and all the folks mm-hmm. that ended up in the box and those that made it or didn't make it out, I should say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then, yeah. And then Nadia, just as you mentioned, getting suspicious of him for some reason and really at first I was like, oh, but why, why, what is the actual reason? But other than, yeah, it, you kind of pointed out that he's had, you know, zero interest in murder mysteries and he's asking her all these questions, but then now she's realizing he's kind of been in the middle of a real life one this whole time. And it is, again, she even said that first rule that no coincidences. So the fact that the timing of him really asking about clues and murder mysteries and all this stuff while he's, now in the middle of one mm-hmm. uh, is a little suspicious. So we'll see what happens with her if she continues to dig into it. Uh. Tread lightly. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yes, that's all I got. That is great. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens next, but I think that's a pretty good wrap up on, at least so far, on episode six. Um, let's go ahead and jump into our listener feedback. Uh, you want to take the first one for me? All right. First one is from Penny Lennox. Oh, good to hear from you, Penny. Yeah, hi, Penny. <laughs> I like that. It says, this show is messing with our heads. Is Joe just trolling himself in a fugue state? Or is Reese his psycho soulmate? Pen Badgley is so forking charming, I found myself rooting for him and Kate, then having to forcibly remind myself that Joe's lovers almost all die. Yay for Phoebe, finally dropping the breezy people-pleaser, fake dumb act, and rejecting Adam's proposal. Hashtag respect. I can't believe the most likable character on this bonkers show is the queen bee of these horrible people, but that's just a testament to how abhorrent the rest of them are. (laughs) Skewering the wealthy seems to be all the rage these days. White Lotus, Glass Onion, Menu, You, etc. Shout out to Kate's teal eyeshadow. Ah, <laughs> oh, I second that, Penny. Her eyeshadow look at the art 
uh, showing that evening. It was pretty. Oh my god, it did look really great. Yeah, I'm gonna try to replicate that. I'm pretty sure I've probably got a <laughs> that shadow or something pretty close to it here in my collection. Um, yeah, it did look fabulous on her. Yeah, I I agree with a lot of that, and I, I keep either reading or hearing comments about uh, Penn Badgley or Joe in the season, and how. Um, and I think I've mentioned it a few times how it's been so easy this season to just forget who Joe is, you know, like I find myself rooting for him and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're not supposed to Joe's a bad guy. And I know he's trying to grow, but it doesn't, it doesn't, um, take away from what he did in the past. I mean, Mm -hmm. so yeah, but it's, it's like, I find myself saying so many times during the season, like, Hey, don't do that to Joe or feeling bad for him or something. And I'm like, wait a minute. How am I saying that right now? So odd. <laughs> so I'm right there with y'all. Thanks, Penny. Um, next one we have is from Dawn. Um, not the Dawn from the show, but our lovely listener, Dawn. She says, I really enjoyed this one, probably because I made an effort to pay more attention. Joe is quick thinking as ever, putting the ear in Don's bag. Now I'm wondering if Kate is the killer since she admitted trying to put her past behind herself. Is it just about her father or something more? I can't remember where she was during any of the deaths except for Gemma's. And now, how will Joe's having to kill her father go? And is this situation with Reese real or all in his mind? Sorry, but I think I'm going to have to watch ahead of you now. Don't want to lose my momentum on staying focused. Yeah, go for it. Hey, I get it. We we have the the episode posts up on our Facebook now, right? For each yep. one, so you can give feedback as you go, and we'll get to them when we get to them. Yeah, so you are free to do it if you if you have to. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I yeah. We've always said don't feel like you have to hang with us. Go ahead and watch them and go <laughs> post some feedback because we definitely do want to hear about it when we get to that point. They are all up. They finally, I think, the day after or something. Like they only gave us the one. Took a whole day, I think, before I finally got the rest of them. Mm-hmm. But yes, all the episode titles. Are. So, thanks, Don. Yeah, thank you. All right, and this one comes from Melissa Sapola. Says another great episode. I keep on going back and forth on whether Joe is actually the killer and imagining his interactions with Reese. I think this episode gave a big clue with Don and her stalking of Lady Phoebe. Could Joe also be experiencing erotomania? It's characterized by the delusional idea that a person they consider to be of higher social and or professional standing is in love with them. That could easily fit Joe and his obsession with Reese after reading his book. Also, Pin Badgley has a podcast called Pod Crushed. There was an episode where they discussed part one. He mentioned it was Netflix's decision to split up the season. Uh-huh. It didn't make sense to him because the way the plot develops, it could be confusing to have a break in between episodes five and six. It would be interesting to know why Netflix decided to release the season in two parts. Gain some more subscribers. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's my guess. <laughs> yeah, you put them into two different months and you got to pay for two months of subscription if that's the show you really just Yeah, I looked uh, <laughs> today whenever I was doing my rewatch for um, prior to us recording and, and I think it's been there for the last day or two, especially since it just came out uh, on Thursday of last week and today is Tuesday. But um, I noticed it was in the number one slot for today mm-hmm. um so that that's saying something people came back you know uh yeah. to, to to watch so yeah probably to hang on to those subscribers 
for another month until it was wrapped up. That's my guess. That's interesting. I think uh, we questioned that. I questioned it. I keep saying we or or like lumping you in there with with, with me there, Peg. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, speak for myself. That I I, I do know. Penn Badgley has that um, podcast. I haven't listened to it, but I see it. Um, he posts clips on TikTok, and I'll see those, mm. and those are really great. But I I think I was questioning. Um, I wonder who had decided, and it doesn't surprise me. It was Netflix. So, um. Thank you, Melissa. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think either. I could be totally wrong on all of that. Thanks for hanging with us. Um, We've got some voicemails in this week as well. We have, I think, a lot of um, voicemails, and this is great. So I'm excited. First one we have is from Sydney. See what she has to say. Hey, Peg. Hey, Rima. This is Sydney. I listened to your episode five coverage last night, very stoned and two things. My mind was completely blown about your Reese theory that he's, yeah, a real dude, but he is absolutely not talking to Joe in any real way. And Joe's still the murderer. I didn't even know we could or should have theories on this show. And now I'm all about it. And my second thing was you guys are talking about cake spitting and I was very entertained. So thank you. And we are all adults here. Okay, so like after listening to your episode five coverage, I rewatched episode six and guys you're you're right. Joe, you know how they introduce an entire character to explain to us what Joe's erotomania disorder is a mystery solved. Um really well done guys. And then the other thing that really stuck out to me rewatching last night is Joe and Connie's relationship. First of all, how did they end up at lunch together? Like do they really know each other just Connie's got like a taped up nose and he's talking about booty bumps and like losing his maid. At one point he says, you can't do blow with a broken nose. And Joe kind of like hangs his head and shakes it. He's like, yeah, like commiserates with him. And then later Connie shows up at Kate's art gallery party and there he takes a nap. And then he says that I am going to rehab tomorrow, but I decided to come here tonight in a pink button up shirt from men's warehouse and and take a nap. So I think we should just like make Connie a main character from here on out. She's who I am here to see. Okay, thanks. Okay, I love it. That was so great. <laughs> Thank you, Sydney. Yeah. It's great. That was great. And and please continue um sending more voicemails or writing in. Yes. Definitely would love to hear from yeah. you again. Very entertaining. <laughs> All right. Uh, next voice message we have is from Gail. Hi, Rima and Paik. Well, I'm glad I didn't have to wait long for this episode. Now I just have to avoid spoilers for the next few weeks. Yikes. Best of Friends. Such an innocent title covering so much ick factor. We see Joe begin the stalking of Reese and attending an outdoor speech. Okay, well, confirm now that Reese is a real person who really has written a book, knows the rich kids, and is running for mayor. However, Reese repeatedly shows up in Joe's locked apartment at embarrassing and inconvenient moments, continuing to suggest that he is not real. I'm now in Rima's camp that Reese is both a real person and an alter of Joe's personality. So, Joe did not invent the altar of Reese from whole cloth. 
Rather, it appears that Joe grabbed service details about Reese from that book that Nettie loaned him and incorporated it into an alter ego which he imbued with his own worst twisted and manipulative traits. In a sense, I think the writers are doing a version of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde with these two. In fact, duality seems to be the major theme the writers are running with in the plot lines of multiple characters at the moment. Let's start with Joe. We know that Joe was giving lip service to redemption and turning over a less murdery leaf. However, we know that this is just an extreme form of wishful thinking. As Reese says, Joe was in deep denial of himself. Given that it typically takes a severe trauma to create the kind of association Joe is exhibiting, I still think that he has done something to Marianne. But now I'm not as convinced that he killed her. The show takes pains to show how twisted Reese is. He blackmails Joe. He demands Joe frame an innocent person. He also declares that his true motivation for his treatment of Joe is that he only wants a friend. Danger, Will Robinson! Danger! (laughs) This comment teleported me back to Joe's murder cage. Joe repeatedly toyed with people he locked in his cage. He dangled hope that he would let them live if they could prove that they could be trusted to act like Joe's friend and not turn him in. Boiling all four seasons down, this could be seen as Joe's ultimate twisted need. I think this started with Mr. Mooney locking Joe in the murder cage and putting Joe through a series of tests that he eventually passed, quote, earning, unquote, his escape. I think to survive that situation, Joe had to identify with Mr. Mooney and come to see that this was a perfectly legitimate thing to do to people and that you could never really trust or rely on a person who had not passed a series of escape-the-cage tests. Reese is giving Joe a series of escape-the-cage tests here, beginning with requiring Joe to frame an innocent person. Reese is challenging Joe to do something consistent with his character that he did with ease and no remorse in the past. In a sense, the cage Joe was escaping involves escaping his own denial and coming full circle with his mental illness and twisted needs. Ooh, boyo. So, is Marianne stuffed in a murder cage somewhere? Is she the friend Joe has been trying to make? That would explain why Kate did not grip Joe in his usual delusional spiral. If that part of him was already busy with a project, he would not need to go down this rabbit hole with Kate. Okay, plot. Let's look at some plot. Dr. Jekyll is a normal person. Mr. Hyde is the personification of his dangerous mental illness. So let's look at the duality of some of the others in this episode. Adam loves Phoebe. Adam is so money obsessed that he stops seeing Phoebe as his partner and objectifies her as an instrument of his salvation. The waitress is a harmless reporter who has delusions of special connection with Phoebe and dangerous levels of obsession with her. Phoebe is a charming girl who has experienced something in the past that makes her fully capable of ending her captor with a butcher knife. Note to Joe, you may want to stay clear of Phoebe, just saying. Kate's friend from the art show. On the surface, he was a charming man from her past. In reality, he was a spy of her dad's. And Kate. She keeps hinting she is not what she seems. Inquiring minds want to know. I am betting it's a doozy. Finally, Nadia sees Joe standing in the room where Phoebe has been taken hostage. She leaps to the conclusion that Joe's physical presence 
where he looks harmless, is suspicious. That plot point was hammered in as subtly as a piton into Mount Everest. Clunk, clunk, clunk. Ugh. Side note, we have the ear. Any thoughts on when we see the finger? Come on, give us the finger. Thanks for the podcast. Talk to you next week. Gail. What a great analysis as always, Gail. Thank you. Lovely to hear from you and your birds. They were missed. Um, I always enjoy going down that rabbit hole with you. I don't know. Um, When she said, will we see the finger again? She's talking about Malcolm's finger. Don't the police have the finger? Yeah, I think that was mailed to the police. Yeah, so I, I don't think we'll probably see the finger again. But there wasn't anything I don't think taken from Gemma that we're aware of. So I don't know. Um, but that was great, Gail. Thank you. Um, yeah, I like your comparison there with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. I think there's something to that. All right. Next one is from Steve. Hello, strange indeed. This is Steve, and this is for uh, you, season four, episode six, Best of Friends. So I just want to mention, uh, you guys had a really good argument for Reese being all in Joe's head, but I guess we'll find out. That invisible cap is really working, because Reese just walked right past him and looked like he didn't even notice him. (laughs) Steve the Diamond Merchant. Of course, every show's got to have a Steve. (laughs) I just realized, uh, this conversation with Reese, of course, is in his apartment, and no one else is there, but the blinds are all closed. Who is this blonde-haired woman that's been taking pictures? of him and now she's on the staff for the event at Adam's Club. Yeah, Joe, don't get distracted by Kate being with another man. Oh, poor Connie can't do coke with a broken nose. You can never read texts when they're on the TV, so I don't know what that, after you found the ear, what the text said. Oh, this can't be good. Stalker girl taking Phoebe to the safe room. Oh, Nico, what a douche. But apparently it's working on Kate. <laughs> a freaking butcher knife to give a tattoo to your soul sister no oh phoebe has just turned into crazy bitch uh jonathan the hero again okay so nadia is on to jonathan and adam is about to propose oh kate and nico <laughs> tom lock with her father nico works for him where are they now where did he just walk back into his own apartment and reese is here drinking a beer okay, yeah I, I i get you know they want to kill kate's father but Again, I'm confused by this conversation, so you guys might be right. Maybe Reese is in his head. I don't know. It's just convenient. He's always there. So many clues. (laughs) Thanks, Steve. That was really great. That was awesome, Steve. That was a really good one. This cap of invisibility. All right. Final voicemail of the night is from our friend Jody. Jody, sorry, my voice is going out. Let's see what she has to say. Harry Merrin Peg, it's Jody from Canberra, Australia here. I discovered on Friday that the second half of You Season 2 had dropped on Netflix without my having noticed and immediately hit play and binge watched. I don't know how they did this, but the show just got better and better with each episode. I mildly enjoyed the first half. There were mysteries to unravel and solve and everything was interesting, but they somehow managed to really beef things up in the second half. And I don't know how they did it. There were a few times while watching when I reacted, I was making sounds that made my cat look at me like I was suddenly prey that she had to fight off. Her eyes dilated and everything. 
That's how much I screeched at a couple of points. Anyway, um, no spoilers or anything, but I'm not over it yet. And I'm going to do a rewatch with you guys and send you spoiler-free comments. So here's my thoughts on episode six. Adam just got more and more dislikable throughout this episode. Before, I thought he was just a bit of a bumbling idiot who wasn't good with money and was like the black sheep of his family. But this made me genuinely start thinking he's actually a manipulating asshole. The beginning of this episode, maybe, honestly, I really thought that Dawn, the photographer lady, was genuinely stalking Joe. But then when we find out she's really stalking Phoebe, it's Nadia who gave me the first inkling. Nadia is such a smart, a smart woman. She knew instantly when Phoebe stepped into that elevator that something was wrong. In the hotel room, when Donna pulled out that massive knife, I got serious Kathy Bates misery vibes. And I thought it was really unfortunate that Phoebe was getting the truth about Adam from someone who is just the last person she's ever going to believe, Dawn, who's clearly unstable. Although in rejecting Adam's proposal, I'm really hopeful that Phoebe's realised the truth. Uh, I thought it was actually quite romantic the way Joe and Kate got back together, but then he's always been good at manufacturing those moments. Remember when he and Beck got back together in the rain and the pebble in the window, although it actually went through the window. Although it's not also not escaping my notice that he keeps calling Reese you. So Kate isn't his obsession. So perhaps this is a genuine relationship for Joe with Kate. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. Thank you, Jody. Yeah. That and excited <laughs> that you're going to be rewatching with us, but I I'm she gives me some hope for the second half. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to know that you really enjoyed the entirety of the second half, that there's some good stuff to look forward to, but you're not spoiling it for us. And I appreciate yes, that. Yes. <laughs> thank you for the no spoilers. Um, but love, um, you know, love hearing the spoiler free thoughts as well. Um, that's really great. I, I love her description there of, you know, her, her cat's reaction with her <laughs> squealing. Cause I'm like, Oh, there must be some like really good, like twists and things um, coming up. So I'm excited for that. Um, I said that was a final one, but I lied. There was one more. So one second. We also have one from Jim. Let's see what he Yay. has to say. Yeah, I'm excited. Hey, Rima and Paik. This is Jim from Raleigh here to talk about you. Season four, episode six, best of friends. And full disclosure, this was not my favorite episode. I didn't hate the episode. Um, I liked it, but there was a lot to it that is starting to annoy me. Before I get to that, I do want to talk about the things I loved because there were some amazing points in this episode that continue to make this one of my favorite um, shows that are out right now, which says a lot because there's a lot of good ones. Number one, the character of Nadia. I, I loved her in the first half. I was really hoping she was the you. I was really hoping she was the murderer. It turns out she's just the smartest person in the room. She is starting to see Joe for who he is, the hero twice over now, and she's starting to realize that he shouldn't be, and there must be more to him than meets the eye, and I can't wait to see how this plays out. Unfortunately for her, if Joe finds out, it's probably not going to play out very well. Number two, uh, the scene with Dawn and Phoebe in the hotel room, at least the first three quarters of the scene where you know Phoebe truly was in danger, I thought she was a goner. I thought we were going to see Don kill her. And that was how Joe was going to more or less frame her. And I hate how they t 
tied it up all tidily. You know, they save the day, the cops break in and Joe drops Simon's, how ridiculous, drops Simon's ear into her bag. And (laughs) I hate that part of the scene, but that overall scene was really done well. And I, 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 I loved um, the, the sense of dread that I had. I just hate that they got rid of that Dawn character so quickly after kind of building her up in the first half of the season. I also love Adam and Phoebe in general. Um, they're my favorite uh, ancillary characters, I guess is the best way for me to say it. I love the depth that they have. I love the um, intermingling they have with Joe and how this is going to continue to play out. Phoebe obviously looks at Joe as sort of a muse and Adam is slowly starting to really hate him. So that's going to be fun to see how that plays out going forward. But what I'm starting to really hate about this season specifically are all these other ancillary rich people, the Connies and the Stevies and those two girls whose name I don't remember. I, the strength of the show was the depth of all the characters, whether they were a one episode um, arc or multi-episode arcs they all seem to have depth in seasons one through three and now we have all these characters that to me do nothing except confuse me and gosh enough art parties already i know this is the world they all live in but blah. all right i'm gonna end it there um, <laughs> i can't wait to see how the season plays out i think this is going to be a building block episode that gets better after you see the rest but just not my favorite so far All right. Can't wait to listen to the podcast. Everybody join Patreon. It's amazing and awesome. And if you're hesitating like I did for 10 years, um, you know, join. It's awesome. All right. On to the next. Keep up the great work and peace. Oh, how lovely. Ah, Yeah, thanks. It's great. And yeah, thanks for for being a, a Patreon patron and yeah, the the Patreon group is is a lot of fun. So that's what is it? Is it just a uh, patreon.com slash Jason Cabasa? Oh gosh. Um I don't have that in front of me. But if anyone is interested, I'm happy to pass along the link. I'd have to go look it up. Yes. Um if you have access to it, feel free to put it out there. Um but I can post a link to it in our show notes. Um also. Yeah. And if you if you yeah. want to request it directly, I'll you know, just message me, email me or whatever. I'm happy to pass it along. I, I don't make anything from the Patreon. I'm in the Patreon group, obviously, and mm-hmm. as are you and many of our other friends. So I make nothing from this, but I definitely concur uh, what Jim said. If, if you're on the fence, you should do it because we have a great time. It's a great community. Yeah. Um, and we all just, you know, have a great time nerding out about all of our favorite things. I, I loved your voicemail, Jim. I, I, I totally cannot argue with you about some of the, um, as you call them, ancillary characters. Um, I've, I've, I've struggled with them too, but this season, you know, I've, I, I do like Phoebe. She's definitely grown on me more, but um, yeah, I'm just like, oh, I don't care about these guys. You know, I'm totally with Joe, like just drop a bomb <laughs> on all of them and just ugh, get rid of them. So I, I can't, I don't have um, any argument for that at all, but lovely to hear from you. Um, yeah. Appreciate you leaving that voicemail. Appreciate everyone's feedback. Had some great man. We we put a call out to uh, get some voicemails, and y'all came through. Um, Definitely, love that. Yeah, keep it coming. We love you guys. Keep the feedback coming. Don't let it slack off. Now that we're getting here at the end, I want to keep hearing from you guys. Um, keep putting mm-hmm. it out there. I know it's all out there. Don't don't like if you want to binge it, 
binge it, but leave that feedback. I, I, I so need help processing this season. I know folks just watch and then move on and move on to something else. Um, but I need you here with me. Please <laughs> help me. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thank you everyone so much for your feedback. Be my friend. Be my friend. I just um, want to be your friend. <laughs> I need a friend. Um, so next week, we're going to be covering season four, episode seven of you titled Good Man, Cruel World. Mm. <laughs> Was that the name of Reese's book? Mm. Shoot. I, it might I don't remember, I don't but remember. in this episode, and I meant to try to freeze it. I feel like w- and whenever I pause Netflix, they throw up this whole like dark screen and they put the pause thing right in the yeah. middle. So I can't ever see what I want to see the reason why I'm pausing it, you know, but I feel like, and I'd have to go back and watch the scene where Nadia gives Joe the book. But I thought in this scene, because I already knew the title of next week's episode, um, when Reese, quote Reese, is in Joe's apartment in the chair, he's reading his own book. And I swear Mm -hmm. the first two words were good man. And I was like, oh shit, is the title of his book, Good Man, Cruel World? I don't think I ever paid attention before. So I don't know if it is. Okay. Okay. Again, I'm I'm not going on like Google for this information. I hey, be careful. Have Netflix pulled up because I was watching. <laughs> yeah, no, I have Netflix pulled up because I was watching that. Scene oh, from right, the first right. Episode. So I still have the first episode pulled up, so I can scroll it back to when she hands him the book, and it is "Good Man in a Cruel World" by Reese Montrose. Ah, yeah. so that's interesting. I wonder if it's going to be. I don't know. Um, obviously, because I'm not looking at descriptions of. The episode but i wonder if it's kind of reese centric is it just a play into the title of his book i don't know i don't know but hope you all join us for that one and if you want to leave your messages feedback voicemails anything for next week's episode or any of them if you're <laughs> ahead, like rima said you can find all of our contact information over at podcastica.com and while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows. Um, we've named countless shows that are happening right now. We just finished up The Last of Us season finale uh, aired this week, and that should be coming out um, this week along with the feedback episode. So if you're leaving feedback for that show, you still got time. Um, Poker Face, I think, wrapped up. Didn't they just have their season finale? Yeah, yeah this last episode. Yeah, uh, Mandalorian is in full swing. Season three, yeah. definitely got to check that out. Um, I know Yellow Jackets is coming up it's coming back very, very soon. soon. Um, great uh, podcast hosted by Daphne and Wendy and Penny and Jason. Um, and there's sometimes some special guests along the way as well. So mm-hmm. definitely check out their coverage um, when that's coming up. I know that is a huge uh, water cooler type show. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, excited to see that one back. And I mean, of course, got to check out Run for Your Lives. Yeah. Uh-huh. What what are you and Daphne doing this week? Yeah. Uh this week we've got well, we covered Nope, Jordan Peele's Nope last awesome. week. That was fun. Uh this week we're going back a little bit to a movie that a lot of people loved but critics didn't, I guess. I didn't really uh, I haven't heard about it. So a lot of people were recommending it to us after we covered Beast that came out mm-hmm. last year. And that is, I believe, like 1996, something. It's in the 90s. But Val Kilmer, Michael Douglas, 
movie called The Ghost <gasps> in the Darkness. I love that movie. <laughs> yes. So yes, yeah, so, so maybe you should give us some feedback for it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Oh gosh, I'm. Th- I haven't watched it in a little you while. You give the but... feedback call out to our listeners. I'll yeah. give it to you. It's like if you love that movie, I let do. us know. Give us some oh, feedback. Oh boy, boy, you sure did make me feel <laughs> aged though. And you're like, oh, I don't know if they, you know, recommend this little known movie, Ghost in the Darkness. And I'm like, oh my god, that was such a big movie back in the day. At least for it probably should have been bigger than what it was. Um, I don't know if it really mm-hmm. got enough recognition but it was certainly yeah it's fascinating it was really it was really a lot of fun to cover and talk about so yeah, yeah hopefully you and anybody else listening here come check it out that's Drops awesome Friday, go check it out um i got to see those two lions in the field yeah they're Museum. in um chicago yeah chicago yeah. yeah and i know that yes anyone can go see those lions in the museum chicago that's not like a super special thing but it was super right. cool to me in that moment yeah. getting to because I, I hadn't been a lot of places at that time it was my first trip to chicago and uh i was like oh my god those are the lions from the movie <laughs> i was like ah! yeah it's just exciting for me cuz yeah that was pretty cool super exciting cuz i really like that movie awesome. val kilmer that. in his heyday michael douglas yeah. who's awesome i mean interesting um story you know mm-hmm. that turned out to be like true so yeah super cool that's awesome yeah i'll um i'll try and put something out there for sure yay i love that so yeah hopefully people go check that out it's a lot of fun yes <laughs> yeah and so while you're going to check out all those shows whether you're listening to run for your lives or the cast of us or star wars podcast tv podcast for the mandalorian you find the ones that you're loving and you're listening to them, make sure to give them some extra love, give them ratings, reviews, subscriptions, follows, whatever platform you're using, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever's out there. Make sure you, you give it the, the love, the follows, the likes, the ratings, reviews, all of those things to really boost those numbers up and keep, uh, you know, keep us going and let other people find our podcasts as well. Yeah, we, everyone needs a little love. It's a great way yeah. to show your appreciation. Um, for the work and if you like what they're doing helping them get recognized so yeah please and thank you appreciate all right that is our show thanks for listening everybody until next time i'm rima and i'm peg and penny lennox is strange indeed